Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. We're going to continue our series, Developing Your Destiny. And really, we'd like to say it more, developing your God-given destiny. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. I'm going to talk to you about that idea, developing your God-given destiny. So we're going to start with a text in Romans chapter 12, and you'll see it come up on the screen. Romans 12, 1 through 2, and we're reading from the NIV. And here's what it says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Father, we thank You for Your Word today. We thank You for Your goodness. We thank You for Your power. We thank You for Your grace. You are so good to us. We just ask You to plant Your Word in our hearts and bring forth fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it's, it's so important for us to understand that we have a purpose in God, that, that we have a destiny. And last week we talked about discovering your destiny, and the way to take the mystery out of that is just to ask ourselves, what does that mean? What is a destiny? And a destiny just simply is a destination. And we should ask ourselves questions like, if I continue down the same path I'm going right now, the same trajectory that my life is on right now, where am I going to end up? Where am I going to end up spiritually or financially or relationally or emotionally or mentally? Where am I going to end up if I keep going down the same path? And is this God's path for me? And I think we can know and understand that, yes, there is a destiny that God has for us, a purpose for which he created us and a destination for which he wants us to arrive. But we have to discover that, which we talked about last week and today, I want to talk about we need to develop that. And so I'm going to give you three steps to developing your God-given destiny. Three steps to developing your God-given destiny. Uh, I want Before we get into those, though, I want to just take a, a minute to talk about this passage of Scripture because really what we're going to do today is we're going to do a study just of Romans chapter 12. Uh, that, that's the Scripture text that we're using, the entire chapter to, to really extrapolate the will and purpose of God for us and how we can develop that in our lives. And so I want you to encourage you that that's what we're going to do, and I want you to just, just really dig in with me today. But this beginning verse that Paul is, is talking about, uh, verse 1 and verse 2 in Romans chapter 12, he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So he's saying this is urgent. He's saying, I'm, I'm begging you. One translation actually says, I beseech you or I beg of you that you really understand God's mercy has been so good to you. And aren't we thankful and glad for the mercy of God today and that the mercies of God are new every morning? I'm so thankful that every time I get up in the morning, God's mercy is awaiting my day. And, 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 and when I fail and when I get it wrong, He is merciful to me and He gives me grace. And all I have to do is repent and, and, and ask Him to, to forgive me and correct me and change me. And He does it. He's so good to do that. 
The Bible is very clear that if we confess our sins to God, He is faithful and just to, to forgive our sins, but then also to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that was the Apostle John writing to the church when he said that. So he wasn't saying that to sinners who are coming to salvation for the first time. He was saying that to believers who make mistakes or fail. Just, just agree with the Holy Spirit and say, yep, that was wrong. I, I, I can't be doing that. Don't get ate up by condemnation. Don't get filled up with shame. But just turn your face to God and say, God, I need your help. Because you can't change you anyway. Only God can change you. And so that's the way we want to look at this. But he's saying, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of all of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I always like to say it this way. If he was willing to die for us, we should be willing to live for him. And he says, make your body a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So he's saying, we need to walk in the grace of God and the power of God to become holy before God as we walk in His presence. And this is what worship is. In other words, He's in front. He's in the lead. He's the center of our life. He goes on to say, do not conform to this world. I love it how God always tells us what to do, but then He also tells us what not to do. And it's very important that we get that balance. It's not just about doing certain things. It's also about not doing certain things. It's about... It's about uh, uh, believing certain things, but it's also about not believing certain things. And so he goes on to say, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So he's saying there is a pattern in the world and there is a constant pressure to conform because you don't just conform without pressure. So there's a constant pressure, the spirit of this age, the devil, the world, your flesh, whatever, whatever it is, partnering together to pull you into conformity to the ways of the world. And he's saying, just don't conform to the ways of the world, but instead of not conforming, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to be the proof of what is good and acceptable and perfect in the will of God. So these are things we need to get a focus on. Here's what God is saying. Here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Brothers and sisters, you have a destiny. You have a purpose for being here. And you have a reason for being. And because you do, now take steps to walk with God and live with God and devote yourself to God so that you can fulfill that destiny. Because it's not just important for you to know that you have a destiny. It's important for you to fulfill it. As a matter of fact, it's a privilege to have a destiny, but it's also a responsibility that you fulfill it. So I want to give you these three steps to your God-given destiny. And I believe God's going to reveal some things to us as we talk about this that's going to really help us become and arrive at the destination that God has planned for us. And the first one is this. <laughs> and it's not necessarily an easy one. It's just the first one. And here's what it is. If we want to take steps to developing our God-given destiny, the first step we need to take is, now listen to what I'm saying, total commitment to God. Now, I know a lot of times in our, in our culture today, in our thinking today, we, we, we a lot of times just think that Christianity is about coming into a relationship with God by praying a prayer. I prayed a prayer one time with a preacher, and I asked God to forgive me of my sins, and, 
and I ask him to come into my life and and, and, and then that's about the extent of it for a lot of people. And maybe they go to church, maybe they do devotion every once in a while, but have they continued their relationship with the Lord? How, are they walking with Him? Is there real, have they really been born again? And these are things that are going on right now. And, and, and the way we can know this is if we have this desire in us for this first step. See, if you're born again and Jesus has come into your life and changed you on the inside, it's not just some thing you say. It's something that happens to you. And even if you don't get it right all the time, your heart says, I want to be totally committed to God because the spirit of God on the inside of you is pulling you towards that commitment level. And if you really want to fulfill the, the, the destiny that God has for you, then this total commitment type mindset is what we need. You know, Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. It, it, was, a, it was an all in. He even, to, to some of the disciples, he even went as far when he was calling them as to say, if you put your hand to the plow and look back, you're not worthy to follow me. In other words, he's giving us an indication that what is important is that we give our whole self. And isn't that what the Apostle Paul was saying in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2? That if we want this spiritual kind of transformation, this God-given destiny in our life, that in order to have that, let your life be a living sacrifice to God. In other words, give your whole life to God and say, God, my life is in your hands. My life is here for your purpose. My life is here to please you. Do with me as you will. We all admire and are inspired when Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he knelt down and he prayed and his sweat became as great drops of blood. And he said, Father, uh, this is going to be hard. If you can take this, if we can do this another way, let's do it. But not my will, your will be done. And because we can see the result of what Jesus was having to go through, that the fact that he saved all of mankind potentially, the fact that he gave us the opportunity to be forgiven and go to heaven, the fact that he changed the world as we know it, the fact that all of that was relying on his decision to let God's will be done that gives us this inspired, yes, that's great that he did it. It's great that he took that step. But that is the same step that we should be taking every single day. That total commitment step that says, God, my life is yours. You saved me. You created me. You regenerated me. Now sanctify my life for your use. Use me. Take my life and make it what you want it to be. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 through 8, it says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though being many, form one body and each member belongs to all the other members. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's, to, if it's in giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now, I want you to notice that each of these things that he describes as things that we can do, gifts that we have, each one of us can do every single one of those gifts. Every single one of us. And we should, as believers, we should be, we should be, uh, we should be functioning in prophecy. We should be functioning in, 
in serving. And, 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 and prophecy in this context is just the proclamation of the gospel. So we should be prophesying. We should be serving. We should be teaching. We should be encouraging. We should be all of these things. And, uh, uh, giving. All of us can do all of these. But the truth is, God has gifted us and given us strength in specific areas of these. So in a sense, we should generally be doing all of these. These should be characteristic of our life. But there are some of these that God has gifted us at a higher level that we should really be focusing on and functioning in. It's, a, it's one of those, what I call landmarks last week, about purpose. This is a sign of the direction your life should be going. Now, you have to understand total commitment. When he's talking about total commitment here, he's saying, don't think of yourself more highly than you should. You know, I know we live in a society where we think the answer is to make everybody feel good about themselves. And, and I'm not ridiculing or minimizing the need for people to have high esteem. I, I, I believe it's important that we have worth and that we know our worth. But I also believe that our worth shouldn't be coming through some emotional mechanism or methodology that the earth or the world gives us. I believe our worth should be coming from our identity in Christ because God's the one who created us his image is on us and we should be finding our identity in him and in him are, we should esteem ourselves highly but we have much more of a problem because we esteem ourselves too highly we have put ourselves we have become so prideful that we think we're more important than anything it, it shows up in our mindsets and our attitudes when we center everything around ourselves and so we need to understand Paul is saying to us look don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but surrender and submit yourself uh, to God to be used by Him because He's given you gifts that He wants to use. And when all of us use these gifts, it develops in us this ability to come together and produce the kingdom of God. You see, total commitment to God is required for this journey to developing your destiny and it's not really all that easy when it gets real. You know, it's easy sometimes to say, yeah, I'm all in. I know a lot of people that are always all in. But then when it comes down to it, where the rubber meets the road, not necessarily. It's kind of like this story I read this week about a missionary and a farmer. The missionary, he once asked a new convert in his, uh, in his church, he said, he said, sir, if you had, a, it was a farmer, and he said, sir, if you had 100 sheep, would you give 50 of them to the Lord's work? And the farmer said, you know, I'd, I'd gladly give them. He said, well, sir, if you had 50 cows, would you give 25 of them to the Lord's work? He said, yes, you know, I'd be more than happy to do that for the Lord's work. And then again, the missionary asked the farmer, he said, sir, if you had two pigs, would you give one of them to the Lord's work? And the farmer said, hold on now, that's not fair. You know I have two pigs. <laughs> it gets real when it gets into your life and you all of a sudden have to make those decisions of total commitment. Am I really going for this or am I really not? And I just want to encourage you as a pastor in your life today, I want to encourage you, listen, the best life, the abundant life, the fulfilled life is the life where we say, God, develop your destiny in me. Whatever your purpose is for me, I want to be totally committed to that. I, I'm praying for all of us, Summit Church, that, that we start, start feeling like, man, if it's not for the purpose of God, it's a waste of my time. 
That, that's, I mean, if it's anything that draws me away from the purpose of God, it's a waste of my time. I love what Billy Graham said about this issue, about this topic. He said, when we come to Christ, we're no longer the most important pers- person in the world to us. In other words, let me read again. When we come to Christ, we, know we are no longer the most important person in the world to ourselves. Christ is now the most important. Instead of living only for ourselves, we have a higher goal to live for Jesus. You know, to develop our God-given destiny, it starts with a total commitment to God. So I'm challenging you today. Today, before this worship experience is over, that you pray, you reflect on this, and you pray and you say, God, if there's any area in my life that's not completely given to you, I give it to you today. And I'm committing myself to fulfill the purpose of God for my life. Do we, do we want to fulfill that purpose? Do we want to fulfill the will of God? That life that is, is so filled with His grace and so filled with His goodness. It's not performing to get a checkbox from Him. It's walking in relationship with Him, manifesting His presence and His purpose on this world. I want to be a part of that. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. The second thing, the second step is this. You need to be a non-conformist to the world's pattern. Mm. I'm going to be honest in saying that the, that the church has struggled with this. Believers have struggled this, with this as of late in the last decade, probably forever, but most intensely lately, it feels like the, the church is struggling to figure out that we are citizens of heaven, we're not citizens of earth. Struggling to understand that This is about living the purpose of God, not the purpose of the opinions of man. It's like like Peter when the the Sadducees and Pharisees and the Sanhedrin came and they said, you stop preaching in the name of Jesus. And and Peter said to them, listen, I'm going to follow God. You judge whether I should listen to him and obey him or listen to you and obey you. I'm going to go ahead and decide to follow Jesus. And I think all of us as believers, we need to take that step today. We need to take a step and say, hey, I'm, I'm with the Word. I'm with the Bible on this. I'm with the ways and will and purpose of God on this. And I'm not going to allow myself to be conformed to the pattern of this world. Really, honestly, we should be counter to the culture. We should be counter to the way the world does things. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 21. It says, you must be sincere. You must be sincere. Authentic, real. You know, sometimes we're so busy trying to be right that we're more concerned about the way things look than the way they are. We don't need to pretend things are perfect and all that. We just need to be real and say, this is where I'm at in my walk with God and I'm working to move in the direction of His Spirit and walking with His grace and allowing Him to manifest His presence in my life. But we need to be sincere. But we do need to listen to what this Scripture says, hate what is evil. We need to cling to what is good. He goes on to say, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Now this is immediately following after he said, be not conformed to this world. So what he's basically saying is this is the opposite of the way the world acts. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal or enthusiasm or passion, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. How passionate are you are to serve the Lord today? Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be faithful in prayer. 
Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Did you hear me? Bless those. I, I, see, I, I see in our culture where people are kind of shifting away from Christianity, where our, our, you know, in this postmodern world, we're, we're, we're not considered less. A lot of people don't consider America a Christian nation. I know we do, but most people don't. We, that may have been our founding, but a lot of big percentage of people in the world, in the, in the nation today, are not Christian. And I see that there are some persecution, slight kind of, you know, maybe, I, I wouldn't call it actual persecution, but I'd call it um, speaking words about or trying to keep us out or trying to shut down or cancel our point of view. I see it. But what should our response be? He said, he said that we should... Bless those who persecute us. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another and do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Do not repay anyone for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. In other words, it's not saying do what everyone thinks is right. What he's saying is, do what's right in view of everyone else. When, as people are looking at your life, they should see somebody who's not doing what everybody else is doing, but they're doing what is right. And he says, he, says, he goes on to say, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge. Our spirit shouldn't be get back and, and fight back and, and I'm, you can't do that to me. No, it should be love and prayer and blessings and no revenge. And he said, my dear friends, leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll be putting burning coals of fire on his head. Here's what it's saying. It's saying it's God's job to judge. It's our job to love. Okay, we leave all of that other to God and we love people and we care for them and we do not get in this back and forth because we're not conformed to this world. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. My daughter, Sydney, we're talking the other day and it, it was I was very proud as we were having this conversation because she had this class that she went to and there their, this class was a, a, a communications class and they were to tell a story. It was storytelling. And it was a history narrative of your own life. And so she said there were a lot of stories that were very filled with hopelessness and hardships and difficulties and confusion. And so she was going to tell a story about it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a, a generational thing. And just talking about how we have four generations of people pursuing ministry in, in, in my family. My grandfather was a pastor. My my uh, dad was a pastor. I'm a pastor, and she is as well. And so she's telling this story, and she's weaving this story. And she, she said, you know what? I just saw it as an opportunity to bring hope to hopelessness. I saw an opportunity to say, hey, this is who I am. This is who, what Christ has done for me, and I'm going to share this with you. What a great thing. Most people would have just gotten up to get the grade. I'm just going to tell the story, get the grade, and move on. And I was just so proud that she said, this is not just a story I'm telling for a grade, but this is a seed I'm planting of faith in someone else's life, preaching the gospel with her life right in a college class through an assignment. Listen, 
That's how we decide. I'm not going to be conformed to this world. I'm not going to be pressured into being like the world. I'm going to walk with God. There's an anonymous quote that I love. It says, conformity is doing what everybody else is doing regardless of what is right. But morality is doing what is right regardless of what everybody else is doing. You know, if you want to develop your God-given destiny, you can't be like the world. Because as you develop your God-given destiny, it should change the world around you. It should bring light into darkness. It should bring life into death. It should bring hope into hopelessness. And like the writer and teacher Winky Prattney said, he said, you cannot change the world by conforming to it. So if we are to change the world, we need to heed this, this challenge of the Apostle Paul. Give yourself as a holy sacrifice. Be totally committed to God. And don't be conformed to this world. Be counter to the culture. And then thirdly, and last, this last step, is engage in the process of transformation. You know, I think that it, I spoke to this a little bit last week, and I think that is, it really is more of an effect in the church than we want to realize or we want to act. And that is this idea of fate. And, you know, whatever happens in my life, even after I've given my life to Christ and I just kind of go along my way and whatever happens, that's, that happens. But that, the life of a Christian is far more intentional than that. The life of a Christian goes far more, far further than that. And we can't just let it happen. It doesn't just happen. My kids aren't going to be Christian just because I'm Christian. My, my cousins and family and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters aren't going to be Christian just because I'm Christian. And, 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 and I'm not going to continue to walk in this passionate following of Christ just because. It, it, it's an intentional thing. If we want this transformative power of the Holy Spirit in our life, helping us to truly to truly fulfill our God-given destiny. It has to happen. It will only happen by our engagement in the process. You can't just sit back and, and God's going to do it in your life. No, you have to engage God with your faith and He will do it. You can't do it for you. He can do it for you, but you have to engage. So the third step is engage in the process of transformation. Romans 12, 21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In other words, he's, he's saying, don't just play defense, play offense. Come on. Don't just say, devil, I don't want you to get me. Say, I am living a life filled with purpose, and I am going to live on purpose, for purpose, and I will arrive at the destination God has for me because I am totally committed to it, and I'm not conforming to the world, and I am going to engage in the process of God changing my life. You see, sanctification is the act of God setting you apart and making you holy. And it's in this continuation of spiritual formation and renewal in the form of a journey over time and pressure that creates in us the heart of God. God transforms us into the image of Christ. Romans 8, 29 says that's the whole purpose, that you are predestined to be conformed into the image of His dear Son. Not conformed to the world, conformed to Jesus. It is all done. All of it is done by the renewing of our mind according to, the, to God's Word and His will and His ways and by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how it's done. 
And we have to surrender ourselves to that, submit ourselves to that. We have to be like Isaac, who wasn't some little bitty kid that went up on that altar just because his dad put him there. No, we know that Isaac was probably somewhere around 17 to 30 when, when his dad took him to the top of that mountain. So he had to lay himself down. He said, Dad, I trust you. And that's what we have to say to God today. God, I trust you. I'll lay my life down on this altar because I know the life you have for me on that altar of purpose is far better than the life I have for myself living for myself. It's, it, it, it is God's work, but we have to engage it. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Our lives will prove what is the purpose and will of God when we do this? I love the story of the apostle on the road to Damascus when he is set out to destroy Christianity. And he's on the road to Damascus and he's just going to get some arrest warrants and he's going to put some Christians in prison. He thinks he's working for God and his religious zealotry. He's going to put a stop to this nonsense because that's not God and we're not going to let that happen. And on that road, Jesus appears to him and he falls down and a great light shines and, he, and, 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 and Jesus said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul does something that we should all do. He said, who are you, Lord? And what do you want me to do? You know, when you encounter Jesus, when you encounter the power of God, that's the only response. Here he was a zealot against Christianity. But when he really encountered Jesus, not the representatives of Jesus, but when he really encountered Jesus, his only response is, who are you and what do you want me to do? He engaged the process of transformation. I'm ready. Just tell me. And he told him. And now we are affected by Paul's submission to the destination that God had for him. I love what Dwight L. Moody said. He said, the Bible was not given for information, but for our transformation. <laughs> we complicate things so much so much of the time and it reminded me kind of the story of the Lone Ranger and Tonto I, I don't know if you ever watched that when you were a kid I loved that when I was a kid I just watched every one of those every time it would come on and uh, but I heard this story the other day and, and uh, the Lone Ranger and Tonto were camping in the wilderness and after they got their tent all set up both men were tired and so they fell asleep some hours later, Tonto wakes the Lone, Ron, the Lone Ranger up and he says, Kimosabe, look towards the sky. What do you see? And the Lone Ranger replies, I see millions of stars. And Tonto says, what does that tell you? And the Lone Ranger ponders for a minute and then he says, well, astronomically speaking, it tells me there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, it tells me, Tonto, that Saturn is in Leo. Time-wise, it appears to be approximately a quarter past three in the morning. Theologically, it tells me that the Lord is all-powerful and we are small and insignificant. Meteorologi uh, meteorologically, it seems that we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. And then he turns to Tonto and he says, what does it tell you? And he said, it tells me that someone stole our tent. <laughs> we have to do something if we're going to fulfill the destiny of God and that is we have to move to the place where we realize this is more than a cerebral process it's a spiritual process it's more than a mental ascent 
We don't go through this process of knowing Christ, being led by His Spirit, being renewed by His Word for our Christian information and education, or even for behavioral modification. We do it for a total spiritual transformation. If you want, and I know you do in your heart of hearts, if you want to develop your God-given destiny, you must engage in the process of transformation. You must be willing to change, allowing God to transform you and realize that He is the only one who can. Don't get it in your mind that this is the way it has to be. And don't be religious and, and mixed up and confused and become obstinate and stubborn, but know that God has a purpose for you. I was reading this story the other day. It was called, it was about a, it was about a, uh, some ships in the sea. And sometimes when we try to develop our own destiny without engaging God's purpose for us, it can end in disaster, just like this story. The captain of a ship looked into a dark night and he saw a light in the distance. And immediately he told his signalman, hey, send a message. Tell them to change their course 10 degrees south. And he promptly received a reply that said, you alter your course 10 degrees north and they went back and forth and fighting on this you change you change you change and finally the captain was mad and he sent a, 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 a very angry message he said uh, alter your course 10 degrees I am a captain soon another reply was received after you alter your course 10 degrees I am a seaman third class and the captain sent a final message alter your course 10 degrees south I am a battleship and the reply was alter your course 10 degrees north I am a lighthouse <laughs> listen the truth is when we find ourselves trying to just live life with fate whatever happens happens or if we think that somehow we're going to fulfill the process and purpose and plan and destiny of God by just giving mental assent to a theological ideology we're wrong we're like that captain saying you turn you turn you turn no I know what's best no I know what's best and we're about to crash ourselves up against the rocks because we are arguing with the stable, non-moving, unmovable, immovable rock of the lighthouse of Jesus Christ, who is always right and always true and always the position from which we want to perceive and, 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 and activate our life. So, so let's find ourselves doing that. We, we have a destiny. We can discover it. And once we begin the process of discovery, we must then begin to develop that God-given purpose and destiny in our lives. How? First, we totally commit to Christ. Second, we refuse to conform to this world and we reject doing things the world's way. And third and last, we engage the process of transformation, realizing that even if we've been regenerated, we need continual growth and the transformation of the Holy Spirit and only God can do that. You have a destiny today. And I want you to fulfill it. And God wants you to fulfill it. So now it's time to develop it. Get in that process. Engage the Word of God. Renew your mind. Seek the face of God. Get engaged with the Holy Spirit. Ask Him to fill you up. And, 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 and just say no to the world. 
Just walk away. Say, I'm not letting you trip me up anymore. I'm not letting you distract me anymore. I'm not letting you move me anymore. I'm developing the destiny God has for me. And when I get to the end of the trajectory that I am now going to go down, oh, it's going to be a beautiful thing when I arrive at the feet of Jesus and can say, you gave me these gifts. You gave me these talents. You gave me these purpose. Now I give you back the fruit of all that you gave me. I did what you wanted me to do. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We ask you to bless it. We ask you to use it. We ask you to cause people's lives to be changed. In Jesus' name. Listen, if you're, if you're a person who wants, you're hungry for this. You say, I want, I want destiny in my life. I want purpose in my life. I feel like my life is just existing. I feel like I don't, I don't even know what it means anymore. I can see after the last few years we've gone through why a lot of people feel that way. I'm just going to tell you that the first step to that, the first step to purpose, the first step to meaning is to have a relationship with God. Here at Summit, our whole vision is to lead people to know God and to find freedom and discover purpose and make a difference. So I want to lead you right now to know God. You don't have to, it's not a religious thing. It's not some kind of works thing that you have to do this and do that and then God will approve of you. No, He loves you. He died for you. He paid the penalty. You should have to pay for your sin just like me. And so I'm just telling you today, if you want to know Him, if you want to get in a relationship with Him, all you have to do is ask Him to come in your heart and just commit you're going to follow Him. And someone on our online campus will help you with that. But I want to pray with you and then we'll move forward. Father, I pray for every person who may be in that place of decision today, whether they have never known you and had a relationship with you, or whether they have before and they have walked their own way, they've gone away from you and they need to rededicate their life. Maybe they're backslidden and they need to come home. Maybe they're a person who just has been religious, but they never really knew you. I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you'll minister to their heart and they'll make a decision to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being a part of the Summit Church podcast today. We pray that God used today's podcast to draw you closer to Him. You can stay in the know at Summit by following us on social media. Thank you again for being a part. This is the Summit Church podcast.